Welcome to Sharon Feelings. My name is Chris Sharon. Howdy. Howdy? Hello? Hello. Hello, and welcome to another episode. Today I'm joined by Trey Booker Medley, who, among countless other things, has mastered the art of positivity. He begins by updating me on his wedding, which still happened in July, although quite differently than originally planned. We then discuss the difference between confidence and comparison and how to move through life as your whole self. Trey expresses his personal attachment and commitment to the Black Lives Matter movement, as well as the value and responsibility of speaking your individual story. Ultimately, Trey depicts for us the beauty, pride, and power that comes from being a black gay man in America, while encouraging us all to challenge the thoughts and beliefs that we were once taught. Enjoy. There's that voice. How are you, brother? I am so well, man, and so looking forward to talking with you, man. It's been so long. I know. Like, I mean, like, I feel like longer than what we usually do. We check in, like, every single week. You're right. You're right. We gotta, we gotta reinstill that. Well, how you yeah. been, man? What, what have you been up to? Um, well, I got married. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, no biggie. I got married. Um, Unbelievable. Other, um, honestly, bro, I've just been chilling, and uh, I've got I've gotten back into the gym, which has been amazing. Oh, fantastic! Oh yeah, you know how that is. You're you're the um, master. Um, you're the master of like simultaneously chilling, but also like getting shit done. <laughs> <laughs> like you found the balance. That's a, that's a great compliment. I that one again, so I'm honored. Absolutely. What's it like being in the gym with the mask and all that shit? Well, um, I think for me it's been like, I don't want to say like hard, but it's been like a little difficult only because like it's really hard to breathe. Uh, when I am on a cardio sh- machine, I do have to pull it down just a little bit so that my nose can take in like oh, actual air. So I probably would hyperventilate and pass out. Just pass out right on the treadmill and just, um, that's it. Yeah, I, I definitely believe people who, that people that are dancing with like full mask going in class, I commend them 150% because I think I would faint. Unreal. What what's what is the COVID situation like in North Carolina? Like what is life like? Um at the moment COVID has ruined just a couple of things here. Um <laughs> but the good news is that we are moving in a place where we're finally able to go to the gym, eat indoors, uh, at different uh-huh. restaurants. The malls open obviously and just like a lot more public places have been uh, more open. But other than that, that's kind of about it. Yeah. Um, I live in Winston, so it's kind of full of old people. <laughs> so you fit right in. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, <laughs> basically do nothing. They come here to Winston to get older and to die. <laughs> so there's not a lot of nightlife here in Winston, which is actually not a bad thing. Because yeah. most of the time, Jordan and I like to relax at home. Oh my god! So you got to tell me everything because I know we've talked about it a little bit and stuff, but like you got to tell me what the process was first of all, trying to change your plans around for the marriage during all of this madness, and now being married. Like you were already living together, you are you've been together for ten plus years. Like I yeah. mean, what's but it, is it different now? What's it like? Like what 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 was it all like? For starters, once COVID happened, we were on the ship, um, and Jordan and I were like, all right, we're just going to have to delay this to next year. Mm-hmm. So um, we were sent home. 
I came home. <clears throat> I was probably home for maybe a month. And Jordan and I are like, okay, well, we still want to get married. So we'll go to the courthouse and call it a day. Um, and then we're talking to our officiant, and he's like, actually, no, 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 no. What if you guys said something like this? Like, I know it's a, it might not be a lot, but what if you guys said this? And then Jordan and I are just such creative beings that it just exploded into this weekend extravaganza. So we ended up, like, taking our guest count from about 200 people to 29 people um, within the course of, I don't know, a couple of days and a couple of weeks. And then we started to plan out our Airbnb, what post our wedding then we started to focus on the design of the wedding and how we would do it we decided to do everything ourselves because of COVID we were afraid that people would pull out or uh, the businesses wouldn't be able to come through and so that's kind of basically what we did Uh, we went very local our photographer was one of my closest friends from middle school wow and our the company that catered our wedding was a black gate owned restaurant here in Winston. Um, it was pretty spectacular. The food was amazing. Um, we did get our cake from Charlotte where we originally had planned to get it. Mm. Uh, and so, yeah, we had our wedding in July, like I said, a weekend extravaganza. Wow. And then two days after our wedding, we went and had our honeymoon in Charleston, South Carolina. And we were expecting most things to be closed and uh, not a lot of life there, but we spent most of our time relaxing, trying out new restaurants that were open that were there and doing escape rooms. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's incredible. <laughs> so, wow. Um, yeah, and since being married, um, for me, nothing has changed mm-hmm. other than the fact that we're legally married. Sure. Um, We've been together for so long, and like I'm with my best friend all day. day. It's just, it's unreal, man. I mean, like that is just the most special thing ever. I'm thinking, like right now, like to you as a young gay man, like what is it? What does that feel like? To like you are legally married. I mean, like to even fathom a time where like that wasn't allowed. Like, which it's still like kind of not fully appreciated in our country to this day, which is mind blowing. But like you are a gay man and you are married to another gay man like what does that feel like like that must i don't know that must just be so powerful um i think that's why our manner, our wedding was so important to us mm-hmm. um, i think it it was for most people it's just like oh i'm just getting married i'm getting hitched but for jordan and i it was about representing our families and representing uh jimmer uh generational curse like a like just our families coming from different backgrounds and not really supporting um same-sex marriage or same-sex relationships or anything in relation to that Mm. on top of the world dealing with uh black lives matter and the george floyd Mm. so all these things going on in the world uh, for jordan and i our marriage was so much more than what people see and it basically represented what we stood for and what we cared about which is also which also led to us doing such a smaller event because we wanted it to be a little bit more personal i mean that's i that's kind of the the basis of it you know i the emotion and the feelings that happened behind our wedding and behind our marriage and our relationship and moving forward is just kind of a sense of pride and power that we felt that we've always possessed as a couple but now to know that it is 
legally accepted, strangely enough, even if it is in some places it's not. Mm. We just stand really strong together and powerful together, and it's just, I don't know, man. Trying to find the words for that is a little hard. No, for sure, man. it means so much that I just feel it more than anything else yeah it's you know it's not it's not necessarily i don't want to put words in your mouth that you necessarily needed a legal document or somebody to stamp off and say like this is official of course not but like there is something to be said i mean you the thing that i admire about you one of the things is just like you stand tall you know you are actually a tall man but like you just stand like a giant and i just think that that comes from making difficult decisions that are important to you and I think that like you said you definitely could have postponed the wedding and had it more of the way you originally envisioned it uh, next year or something like that but and it was less about like okay Jordan let's get married because otherwise this relationship isn't legitimate it was more of just like we're doing this because it symbolizes not just love but like power and truth and like promise you know what I mean I mean It, it, it's 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 inspiring to me. I, I want, you know, why are we here? You know, why are we here right now? We're here to leave something better behind for whoever comes after us, right? And I don't know. Do you want to have kids one day or do you oh, – have you talked about – Oh, 100%. Uh-huh. 100%. That's already – that's like we touch that conversation at least once a week. So <laughs> of course. Of a, course. We do have a puppy but like, yes. you know – with that, you know, comes the conversation of, and people ask, obviously, do you guys want kids, and how do you guys want to go about that? Um, we did say the moment we get a house is the moment that we get a family. So, uh-huh. you know, right now we're just gonna soak in this <laughs> the, <laughs> land of no children, the newlywed land. Yes. Oh responsibility, my. and then we're definitely gonna look into uh, uh, adopting kids. Absolutely. I mean, and and those kids are gonna be so damn lucky because they just have two fathers that are just so <laughs> incredible. But you guys, you got. I want to hear more about your relationship because I like. I only met Jordan briefly, and like to me, you guys are the epitome of like yin and yang or whatever like you balance each other out so well but you also have elements of each other that like help you relate to one another more i don't know that's the sense that i got i just feel like it's incredible to watch you guys together oh yeah Uh, so um jordan is definitely definitely the yang to my yang Mm -hmm. the peanut butter to my belly (laughs) the the red wine to my white wine jordan and i um we have so many similarities, but the things that make us different um, is what actually ends up balancing ourselves out. Um, I do believe in zodiac signs and what they stand for and what they believe because my mother is a Capricorn and Jordan is also a Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And as a Scorpio, my sign that's supposed to be my equal balance is a Capricorn. Wow. And I believe it creates a very good atmosphere and communication between Jordan and I obviously we do have to grow we are growing and learning how to communicate to each other better as any couple would but we have such a way of understanding each other without communicating that it just becomes second nature to us Mm -hmm. and there are certain things that I do that I'm not the best at that he's so good at and he can do it at the drop of a dime Mm -hmm. and vice versa there are things that he struggles with that I just pick up naturally that I just do but now in our marriage life we're learning 
what is my partner good at doing that's mm. benefit for the relationship and when my partner struggles or when my partner wants help how can i help him and i think that's what COVID really pushed us to do in our relationship because we were spending so much time together and managing bills and managing um cleanliness in the house and managing creativity on dates or ideas or dinner or whatever it could be anything and learning oh well jordan loves this trey loves this how can we do this what works what doesn't work and you'll always have a hiccup but our love for each other is so strong in my opinion that the hiccups just kind of fall wayside right with obviously with thorough and good communication, anything is possible. And even if there isn't agreeing to disagree on dinner tonight, so maybe tonight I want a bolognese and Jordan's like, I want shrimp. <laughs> you know, like sometimes it's that simple. And of course. More important, like we invest in a house right now. <laughs> should we, we are financially because of COVID. You never know. Um, but Jordan is definitely the in my brain of the perfect individual to spend my life with and learn and grow and seek knowledge and have pushback and be challenged and to be loved. Jordan is always that person that comes to my mind. Wow. And it's been that way for years. And I cannot imagine myself being on this level with anyone else. Wow. (laughs) Wow, that is just that's wild. I mean, can can you can you pinpoint or at least like generally get to a understanding of like where that capacity to love and identify that kind of a love like how did that come about in your life? Like do you know or like do you know like what gave you the capacity to even, you know, conceptualize something as deep as that? You know, well, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just I within think, you. I definitely think that it's more of a feeling and it's more of a when it's there you just know. And mm-hmm. I hate saying that cuz that's so cliché, but mm-hmm. it's so true. Mm-hmm. There just comes a point where you just know. Mm-hmm. Like I I don't know what else to say. Like it it's just like if the stars are aligned and everything's there and yeah. the only thing that's stopping you is you. Yeah, I mean that's that's. You just kind of know. That's um, real. That's real. I mean, like you know, like they say, you know, sometimes you just got to get out of your own way and just like let it happen, you know. And hundred percent. What can you remember when you were that young? You know about dancing and why you were like, I'm gonna do this and be a performer. And how did that feel so right to you? You know, just so on par with what you were meant to do um i definitely believe that like i just love being the center of attention (laughs) how could you not love being the center of attention as a kid as a dancer actor singer i mean public speaking Mm. there are so many individuals out there in the world that love being that center of attention and for me i knew that i loved that and for that reason i wanted to make that if I did do or pursue or have the thought of trying to move into a space of performing as a career, I wanted to be good at it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and obviously that's subjective. Mm-hmm. 
some people will think this way, some people will think that way, but there comes a point in your career and your craft and your training where you're just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to move this direction. I want to change. I'm going to challenge myself to be pushed here. And it's just about creating goals and achievements in your head and just constantly thriving and pushing yourself to do it. Um, whether you're the only person sitting in the corner that day or you got a group of 50 people behind you, you know? Yeah. that I mean, that's that's such a concept to think about. I mean, at at like where's the balance for you in terms of building a community, like building that group of friends or family or whatever – you know, working with people like to inspire you and motivate you and, you know, you watch videos of people doing this and that inspires you. But where's the line between all of that and, you know, digging deep within yourself and counting on yourself and committing to yourself and just moving forward because you're convicted to do so, not because the people around you are or because there's somebody else out there doing or living the life that you want. I think that line was always there. I think when I started to accept myself as a gay black man in mm. America, that's when that line was defined. Mm. I think prior to that, I was always curious and always um, scared to just say, oh, I'm going to do this and this is what I'm going to do. I had the energy behind it, but I didn't know how to find it. And um, my senior year of high school I definitely just was like Trey bro like you're gay it's alright man you know you'll figure out your life but this is who you are mm. and you need to embrace it a little more and then freshman year of college was really the moment where I was like okay well now that we know this how can we use this energy the same energy that it took you to come out can be the same energy that you apply to what you want to make and what you want to do in your life and that moment for me was when I discovered the power of my own voice and the power of my own voice in relation to my actions Wow! Uh, and not allowing other people's actions or other people's voices diminish or go against anything that I have to do to manifest for myself and that's kind of when it happened uh, I was probably like 18 19 year old Trey that really just said screw this I'm gonna be myself I'm gonna move in this direction and this is where I want to go and I mean that led to amazing things in my life so far uh, but most importantly it's kept me happy and afloat and even on my darkest days it keeps me moving I mean there's a like it and it's just having your own voice in your head telling you that and that just come from finding the confidence in yourself i mean we all have insecurities we have things that we want to be better at we have um an idea of what it means to be this perfect individual but even if we're not that 100 percent person if we're striving to become that person everything around us will fall in place yeah i mean it's so real i i i can never tire from hearing that those words like the the whole concept of confidence is something that I've been thinking about a lot specifically lately I mean just in terms with the industry just being shut down because of everything just feeling this pressure to sort of create my own work in a way and just stay productive and stay busy and you know furthering my craft just this idea of confidence versus 
comparison. You know, I just, yeah. where does it, it, it it's so challenging for, for me at, at times. You know, I, I think that the love of performing and I'll admit to wanting to be center of attention too, of course, like, you know, like, and it feels so good and it, it always felt right and it filled me with joy. And then somewhere along the line, while learning about it and educating myself and diving deep into, you know, the theory of it all and right and wrong and developing an image of what is good and what is bad, I lost a little bit of that pureness to it. And like, but hearing you talk about it, I I realized that the confidence comes, I think, at least from just returning to that purity to that reason why you wanted to be on stage or wanted to be in a class in the first place and I think that the rest is just white noise I mean of course you know growing up I listened to the Beatles and Billy Joel like I saw inspiration from their music but I never sat back and was like why don't I sound like Billy Joel like that was never a that was it it was never about comparison it was just about appreciating the music in our world as actors dancers singers performers even uh stage managers and techies and choreographers we all deal with it some kind of idea that we have to reach this perfection but our craft literally is to give people the idea of perfection Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we strive for it every day so we kind of have to always be moving in that direction but the only way to really see and understand it is to be your whole self and we have to be our whole selves in order to achieve that idea if you've ever seen a show or heard a song and it's like um i didn't enjoy it why i just feel like they didn't commit or I feel like I just didn't see, or I feel like there was no energy behind it. You're like, well, why? Well, they weren't committing to it. Mm. And if you look back at it, it's just like, are you committing to it as your whole self, or are you only giving 35% today of you? In relation to our fields and what we care about and what we love, in addition to our confidence and how we move and navigate through such an industry, those things come hand-to-hand. There are people that are famous and that, in my opinion, have reached some idea of perfection. But lots of the time, it's because they've been themselves the entire way there. Oh, man, yeah. And they are unique to themselves. I mean, we can look at pop culture and look at Frank Ocean, Beyonce, whoever, like Cardi B. It doesn't matter who it is, but those pop culture icons, they are themselves when you see something that they do, <laughs> you're like, that's who that performer is. Whether I like them or not, mm-hmm. that's just who they are. Yep. And when people try to recreate what they have already done, it almost misses the mark. And you're like, why is it missing the mark? Well, someone who is original in some sense have already done this. So you repeating this isn't really helpful because mm-hmm. – you're not being your complete self. You're being Trey trying to be Frank Ocean, not mm. Trey being Trey. Today's brief interruption is brought to you by A. Blueprints Graphics. This graphic design company, run by 25-year-old Antonio Robertson, promises clean designs, quick turnarounds, and quality service. This North Carolina native does it all when it comes to graphic design. From rebranding to custom prints, for big businesses and personal content, this digital media specialist is making magic wherever he goes. 
Antonio has recently developed a new initiative titled Control My Story, a digital celebration and visual exploration of the life experiences of a black gay male in the 21st century. Control My Story will encompass a series of interviews narrated by tastemakers in the local community and provide insight on their journey and life experiences as members of the LBGTQIA community. For more information, follow the hashtag CTRLMyStory. And for business inquiries and general updates, make sure you visit Antonio's website, AntonioJRob.com, or his Instagram, at A.Blueprints. As a black man in America, this is constantly a conversation that your parents have with you from the moment that you're born. Um, there isn't really a day that they sit you down, kind of like, you know, like, oh, let's talk about the birds and the bees. Right. They sit you down, they're like, hey, you are a black man in America. Do you know what that means? Nowadays, that will probably happen more often. Mm. But growing up, it wasn't. It was just talked about constantly. Hey, if you do this, this will happen to you. Don't do this. If you do this, this will happen to you. Don't do this. It's just kind of a rite of passage. Mm. Um, Growing up down south, it was just, my mom always said to me, drive the speed limit. When you're driving, make sure you have that whatever school you are you are attending they have it on the back of your car so if you ever get pulled over they're aware that you're a student that you're trying to be educated i mean there's so many things little things that would happen in my life growing up that it just became norm it is just your norm specifically in college after the election of Donald Trump is when I really began to understand the reality that I was living. Before then, I think I would think about it, but we were at a time where the world had not made a public decision on what was right and wrong, in my opinion, for what my eyes could see at that time. And having multiple conversations with different friends about the Trump election or uh, the the election of Barack Obama, I'm having those conversations with certain friends and starting to realize that some people didn't see the world I the way I thought they did, started to help me realize, oh, maybe I need to learn a little bit more. Maybe I need to dig a little deeper. And in relation to police brutality and uh, understanding the Black Lives Matter movement, having family members or knowing people who have been a direct hit because of these human rights issues in the world also amplified it to me, especially as an adult. And I really don't believe there is a moment as a child where my parents would sit me down and have this conversation. It was just the norm. Mm. It was always expected. You are expected to know what it is like to be black in America when you are a black child. Even if no one sat you down and told you, you will know because there is, it, it just happens. It's just like, like second nature. Your parents just teach you how your parents teach you right from wrong. My mom taught me what it means to be black in America. I believe in order to get someone to see your side, you also have to hear and see their side. That's really hard to do when you're very angry. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know that that is the proper way or the nice way mm. to go about it. So that's usually the first thing I do because I am black and most of the time people will know that I am married to a man. My presence speaks for itself. 
So I don't really have to say much for them to know how I stand. Right. Um, they can just look at me and get the hint. But I allow them to express what they believe. And for myself, what I've learned is just to speak. I can only speak trade Booker Medley's black gay story. Right. That is the only story that I can speak because that is my story. My story is very different from a hetero black man in America that has a PhD from Harvard, mm-hmm. which is also different from uh, a bisexual black man in America that only was able to get his GED right. because he dropped out of school. Or a transgendered individual that is part of the black community that is a manager at some insane incorporation. I don't know. Right, right. I can't speak for those other individuals. So when people come to me and they challenge my thoughts and they challenge my process, I just relate it back to how personal it is for me. I, they probably don't care because it doesn't affect them. And if it does, it is their opinion that mm. it affects them. Which is valid, but that may not be the truth. <laughs> yeah. As a white man in America, I don't think you need to be worried about getting pulled over by a police officer. And if you are, I would like to believe that you have done something unlawful, and that's why you got pulled over. But if you are moved, to, if you are pulled over, then the conversation with you will not be based off the color of your skin, but solely off of the reason why you were pulled over. As a black man, that is not realistic, and that is not a perspective. And if people believe that is a perspective, God awful. Right. <laughs> right. I just cannot. Yeah. It, um, well, that's the scariest but, thing about right now, I think, in terms of Donald Trump potentially being reelected and stuff like that. Like it has it has exposed this horrifically clear divide in our country. Absolutely. I definitely I stand by that wholeheartedly. I believe that Donald Trump introduced our country into something that we thought was gone. Yes. And it also showed that it wasn't gone. Yes, yes. Which which um, I, I hope you know, and, and this is my next question, I guess, like, what do you hope? Like, I hope that that leads to more education and that leads to more growth and more understanding as we, as Americans and human beings, like, you know, move through this, forward through this, like, but what is the hope, you know, I, other than fleeing the country and starting a new life? Like, I think what I hope for is a world of inclusion. And I don't want to tell people what to believe because I don't want people telling me what to believe. But I want people to be open to their thoughts and their values and their beliefs being challenged because I was taught that if I was gay, I would live a life of sin and that I would die very early and that I'd be in hell and that I would get all these insane diseases and I would be poor and that I would be unhappy hmm. and that I would be educated and that I would only know sin. And I had to challenge those beliefs to get to where I am. Yeah. And to also to believe where I am. I had to challenge and those are beliefs that were taught to me by my family. With that understanding, if you are voting for Trump, if you are believing that the Black Lives Matter is a political movement if you believe that LGBTQ plus individuals are an abomination, I encourage you to challenge the thoughts that you were taught as well. 
because I was taught those same thoughts. Wow. And I identify with the black community. I identify with the LGBTQ community. I identify with the artist community. Like, I mean, how many more punches do you want me to take? Mm-hmm. And you realize, well, well, fuck this person. I mean, there are other things. Like, I'm happy I ha- I'm able to body. I'm mm-hmm. happy my brain is okay. I'm happy that I'm healthy. I'm happy that I can articulate the way that I feel. But in the mix of that, the groups that I do identify with, I try to be a voice for them. And I hope the world just moves into a place where people can just not care about that. Yes. People can care about the, the character of an individual, their heart, their mind, not the way they look, the way they dress, the way they talk. And often growing up, I would hear, you sound like a white boy because I chose to speak a certain way. But who's to say that the way that I speak is considered white? Who's to say that the way that you speak is considered black? And there are people from other cultures and different areas in the U.S. that all speak similarly with or without accents that is understood in their community. And the way that I may talk when I walk in there, everyone could look at me like I'm fucking crazy. And I could go into my normal community and speak and everyone's like, he's speaking the word of God. (laughs) So it's all perspective. It's all what we're accustomed to, but we have to learn that whatever we're accustomed to is not always right. It's what we're accustomed to. And we have to be okay with that being challenged. I have to be okay with being challenged. Yes. being gay. I have to be. Why? Because I am gay. (laughs) You're voting for Trump, you better be comfortable with being challenged on why you're voting for Trump. That's exactly right. You need to be prepared for that conversation as I am prepared for the conversation because I am voting for Biden. Right. Like, I have to be prepared for that conversation. And the world, in my opinion, is moving in a place where people who are on the other side feel that they don't have to be. That it is just the way. And that's not all of them. I've met people mm-hmm. that have voted for Trump, and we've had good, long conversations about everything. Mm-hmm. And even still, in those conversations, they still, deep down inside, they choose to not. And when you've lived a life of privilege, you will always choose that option. Unfortunately, I wasn't given that life. So everything that I say, everything that I stand for, you will hear ringing even after my death. That is right, yes. (laughs) So um, that's just the way it is. Um, It's all perspective, definitely. But I hope that the world moves in a place where people can do that. People can speak and people can be comfortable regardless of whoever and whatever is in the world. Absolutely. I mean, what else is there to say? I mean, truly, I want to understand uh, just to be a human being and, and recognize other humans and try to understand where people can form those ideas. I think a part of it is born out of safety and, uh, you know, fear of change. And, you know, you grow up a certain way, you're taught a certain thing, and everybody around you believes the same thing. And then all of a sudden, you're introduced to something new, I can understand the hesitation. But I agree, we need to be able to have conversation, we need to be able to listen, and we need to be able to learn from one another. But Really, when it comes down to it, I mean, 
we're talking about the issues of human fucking rights. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it's insane, dude. Like, it literally blows my mind. I, I don't, I couldn't possibly fathom the life that you have lived and the life that you will continue to live. If it takes people like you who are this vision of not only what it means to be a proud black gay man married to another proud black gay man, it takes people like you to just be a beacon of that light, of that confidence, of that openness, even when you're given reasons, legitimate reasons not to be, you know, you could easily just shut yourself off and say, fuck everybody, because they reject a lot of what it is that you are, but you don't, you don't, that's amazing. And before I actually left to work at Disney, I was auditioning for a lot of Broadway stuff. And I kept getting final callbacks and not getting them. And I was like, why am I not getting, like, that day when you're cut, or that day that, you know, the rehearsal starts on Monday and it's Saturday night or Sunday night, and you're still waiting for that email to let you know that you have rehearsal at 9 in the morning and you don't get that email for myself mentally I have to prepare myself to go if it is meant for you Trey you will get it you don't know when but you will and at that time it was after I had received notification that I'd be at Disney and I was really scared that I was like what if I book Broadway I'm so supposed to Broadway I want Broadway Broadway and I got uh, several final callbacks and just told no or turned away and I started to just realize well Trey maybe now is not the time for that and maybe the Disney is what you need to be focused on and funny enough I've met some pretty fucking amazing people (laughs) yeah and had I turned that experience down for something else I don't know if I would be where I am and so when those moments do happen of the nose and the punches below the belt like I said before, you kind of have to have this, just a little bit of arrogance about yourself. That's mm-hmm. like, you know what? It's all right. Mm-hmm. It's all right. Mm-hmm. Today's just a different day. Tomorrow's going to be a different day. The next day after that's going to be a different day. <laughs> and eventually, after going through this stuff so much, you start to look back and go, oh, yeah, that's all right. I did get Hamilton, but I did get this. Mm-hmm. And I this and I did get this and I did get this and then you're like wait a minute why was I tripping so hard back then and back then like that didn't that didn't change anything in my life it didn't make it better it didn't make it any worse you Mm -hmm. know just because it was different doesn't mean it would have been better it just means it would have been different wow and if you start to think about that eventually you're gonna overwhelm yourself with how many different ways something could have happened and then you're like you're going down a spiral you're like all right all right Yep, yep. I'm yep. not going to get to you to put myself through that. So in the moment, when you get the no and you don't get the I do and you don't get the great job, you have to have a little confidence and a little arrogance in yourself. And it doesn't have to be on a level where it's disrespectful to other people. And it shouldn't be. It should be on the level for yourself to know your worth. And I think that's what saves me in those moments. I remember some days at Disney where I just want to cry and be yeah. angry and be upset because I didn't get recognized or I didn't get thought of or whatever. 
or at Ailey or at school, it doesn't matter where I was in my career, I go back to just a little bit of realizing what I had enough for myself at that time, not enough for other people, because it doesn't matter for other people, it only matters to me. You know, just gotta, gotta be a little willing with yeah. yourself at all times. And it's harder said than, it's easier to say than to yes, do, yes. but the more you implement that in your everyday life, the easier it becomes. And I think it'll, you know, I look back at Disney and I can tell you there wasn't a moment that I can look back and say I didn't live my life or I, I wish I had done this or I wish I had done that. There wasn't a moment and funny enough that experience was cut short because of COVID. Right. But I can literally look back on every day I had with you guys and there wasn't a day that I didn't do something I didn't want to do. There wasn't a moment where I felt like I had to pick and choose. No, I lived my life and I was so happy. Yeah. Because I lived every day like it was a fucking present. Even on the hard days of rehearsal or shows or seasickness, doesn't matter. Being sick and not being able to do Frozen <laughs> and on Christmas Day. I was sick, but I don't regret not being sick. It was part of my process. It was mm-hmm. part of my story. It was part of my time. And I accepted for what it was. But every opportunity to get off the ship and even just to walk around and not spend any money or to go and blow a whole check, <laughs> that, I was so happy. Yeah. Because um, every, so, everything is precious, man. Every every opportunity. 100%. 100%. You're, you're my brother, brother. Yeah, brother, brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah Chrissy, I I love you so much. I I mean, when I was when I would first get home, when I first got home, and I was talking to Jordan, I was like, babe, I don't know what happened. Like, Chrissy and I were cool in Toronto, cool <laughs> here and there, but like, there were always moments in the process where Chrissy and I would just have our moment. <laughs> I could go back to like even to the last day um, and I literally cannot I don't know man I love you so much I love you too man like literally always yeah I wouldn't honestly wouldn't have been able to get through especially those last two weeks without you bro oh yeah bro oh yeah 100% I'm just I'm just so happy the place that you're in even in the midst of all this madness right now and yeah, you just continue to inspire me, man. I, I'm I'm promising you and whoever's listening, like I'm I'm leaving this conversation and I'm like I'm gaining that tiny bit of arrogance, you know, that little bit of confidence that we need to tell ourselves like our worth. Like you said, it's, it's so real. Yeah, and and I think when you start to do that, people will listen to you and mm. people will understand you and people will believe you. If you care about what what you do, people will see it through. It may take a minute, but mm-hmm. people will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I believe in uh, what you stand for, and I believe in your platform. And I don't know, man. It's just everything happens for a reason. That's we're meant it. To have a conversation. We we're meant to be in each other's lives, and even if it's just a year or two years or three years, those experiences are something that I take with me for the rest of my life. One hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. Honestly, man, I can't thank you enough. I, I'm just, I'm really grateful. Uh, thank you too, brother. I love you, man. I love you too, dude. <laughs> I'll talk to you soon, all right? All right, see ya. All right.